The first GOP debate is this week. How do the candidates stack up? I'm counting down my top 10. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And the GOP Republican primary debates are starting this week. 15 months before the election, there are still 17 candidates in the field. And they are taking the circus on the road. Fox is hosting the first debates in Ohio this Thursday. So there's a B-list debate at 5 o'clock. These are people who don't get a full 1% of the polling. And then there are there's the A-list debate, which is going to start at 9 o'clock Eastern. That's going to be the top 10 candidates. So that's going to be... Uh, it's. I, I'm sure it'll, it'll be... Uh, bit of a challenge to get anybody's full platform out at that time. But I've done a little homework on it, and I'm going to take what I consider to be that A-list, what I think probably should be those 10 people, and a few of the pieces are moving around, but I think we know who kind of the top 10 are, and I'm going to rank those people from my least favorite to my most favorite. So the first, my my number one on that list is the person I would vote for in the primary if it were held today. And I know my list is going to move around. It, it moved around from when I started to rank them like yesterday till this morning. I can, I'm even surprised at how my ranking shook out. So uh, I'm also going to do a little later in the show a segment I've done before, uh, Ask the Libertarian. So I've, I've done this before, but I always get lots of questions on my email. But I'm going to do a little rapid-fire Q&A on uh, questions that you have and what, as this one libertarian, I'm going to give you my answers. And here to help me with that is Krista DiBiaz, who I'm sure you know from the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Krista. Hello. You're a libertarian, right? Yeah, I definitely have very strong libertarian leanings. Okay, yeah. So there's. I thought of an ask a libertarian question for you when I was running the other day. (laughs) I will ask you later. Okay, good. And and the fact is that even among libertarians, there is disagreement, philosophical disagreement. How big should government be, and uh, and that kind of stuff. But I think that the right place for this is the Republican side of the spectrum. And I feel like we can judge these candidates on kind of libertarian criteria, don't you think? I cannot wait to hear your list. Okay, good. You wouldn't share it with me before. I know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my list kind of rapid fire and say what I think and just a nutshell why this person came in that spot. And then after I'm finished, we can open it up to calls. You can chime in. Uh, Also, while, while... Uh, that's going on if you want to send me uh, questions the Ask the Libertarian questions you can email me through my website monicaperezshow.com you can tweet at me at monicaperezshow or you can post on my Facebook page and then we're going to go through that stuff probably in the 5 o'clock hour so let me just get right to it get to my top 10 or I should say my ranking, if I had to actually pick 10 people, not too many of these guys would be on it. But let's start with my least favorite. And I think this is going to be a shocker. I think this is definitely not the person you would think would be at the bottom of my list. Ted Cruz. 
Ted Cruz is at the bottom of my list. And I will, I'll defend that. I know I'm going to have to defend it because a lot of people still have faith in him. And I did when I saw him do the, it was like a fake filibuster for Obamacare, where he was really trying to kick the can down the road on that through procedural method, and the Republicans really came down on him. And over time, because of some things that he said and some, I think, uh, duplicity on his part, I've come to believe that that whole thing was a bit of a show, just to make it look like there was somebody fighting the good fight in the Republican Party, and we tried, but whatever, it didn't work, that he's the anti-establishment candidate. And, And I think that he does little damage because he attracts people who are maybe a little bit closer to the truth, who... Uh, identify with more of the skeptical things that he says. And for that reason, I don't like him. I don't trust him anymore. Okay. Number nine, my second least favorite person, Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. And I feel like he does, I actually kind of feel like he's charming. He seems like a sincere person. I'm not saying he's the uh, a libertarian by any stretch of the imagination. And I actually think that he will be the next president. If I had to rank who I thought would actually be the next president, including Hillary, I would say it's it's going to be Jeb and Marco Rubio on the ballot. And and I think that they're going to win. But it's very early in the race to tell that. But if I was in Vegas doing the odds, I would put them as the front runners. And I, but I still, when you look into the Bush family history, and I don't mean to paint him with the brush of people in his family, Lord knows I would not want to be judged by (laughs) some of the things my brothers have done. But uh, I feel like when you look at their history and how entrenched they are in the power elite, I think the pressure would just be too strong on him to serve these establishment interests, which I think often are of an international power elite uh, nature, maybe energy, finance that are not in the that that the American citizens, security and prosperity are not always the number one are, are never the number one priority for those who serve the establishment. I just don't think he could resist the pressure to serve the establishment. Next, uh, number eight, Chris Christie. I do not like Chris Christie. I actually dislike him. The other two earn their spots because I. Uh, don't want them to be president, but he just, he annoys me. He rode the wave on the Tea Party. He's from New Jersey. I'm from New York. My mom's like your, she calls herself a libertarian, but she's she has Fox News on full blast 15 hours a day. So she's not as skeptical as I am about what you're hearing in the media, what you're hearing from these politicians. And she was always a fan of Christie. But for me, I always could tell from what he was saying that he thinks of government as a tool, as big government is a big tool, and he can use it better than other people. That's why you should vote for him. But his real stripes came out when I call it the hug, like Judas Iscariot's kiss. He had the hug when he hugged Obama in October when Obama was up for re-election. And people blame him for that, for turning the tide. It was the October surprise. I think Obama would have won anyway. And I'm not even... I don't even care that much about him crossing the aisle. It's what he was crossing the aisle for. He was trying to bring home the bacon. And I understand his people had problems, but that Sandy Relief Fund even came under some scrutiny later. He just knows his job is to get money. So uh, that's very big government. He's got some scandals and just the, the taint of kind of New Jersey politics that I think he would bring to D.C. the way Clinton, the Clintons, brought it up from Arkansas. Then, speaking of Arkansas, 
My number seven, so this is still my bottom half, so these are people I really would not vote for, Mike Huckabee. He is, to me, uh, former governor of Arkansas. He is the worst of all worlds. And speaking of my mom, she's like, he's such a cutie. I'm like, I, you know, she just likes him because he's like got a nice smile. But to me, he's kind of soft on being a fiscal conservative. He like goes out on that, you know, you spend a little money to be like the good guy. All right, I can understand that in theory, but I don't want it in my government. But then he is super vehement for social legislation, which on the federal level is a total violation of the 10th Amendment, which reserves all that stuff to the states, all uh, health, education, safety, all that stuff is supposed to be at the state level. You start messing around up there, they're going to start imposing their rules on you. You're not going to win. So I don't like that. And I think he is really kind of dangerously aggressive on foreign policy. I think that it's a real moral question if you're sending boys over there and girls, women and men to die, really, and get hurt uh, for a just cause that is that is actually a defense of this country does it make us safer does it does is it uh, necessary to put boots on the ground to to defend this country i think that he plays a little fast and loose with the moral requirements for uh, a just war and my number six so i'm rounding out my lower half this is another thing i thought was a little surprising that he came in in the in the bottom half marco rubio who, like I said, I think he's actually running for vice president, not for president. Uh, so I think that they'll probably throw him some real softballs in this debate. But uh, in the real debate, in a, in a Republican versus Democrat VP debate, I'm just not sure he's smart enough. Like, I hate to disparage him on that basis, but I'm just not getting that vibe. He's super bad on surveillance. I mean, you have to defend the amendments, the Fourth Amendment, the Bill of Rights. You've got to defend that. He is not willing to do that. And again, he's aggressive on foreign policy, which they all have to be. All of them are. So even my top five is like that. But I'm going to get to the top five next, and I'm going to get to your uh, calls after I'm finished rattling that stuff off. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're back talking about the uh, GOP candidates who are going to be debating. Uh, I'm ranking my A-list or what I think is the A-list in that the 10 people whose names I heard of before the season started anyway, the top 10 GOP candidates. I'm going to rank them from... Worst to least, I just did the first five. I'm going to do the next five, but first I want to go to a call. I'm going to Kim in Atlanta. Hi, Kim. You're on with Monica. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm also a libertarian, and I'm curious who you think is the farthest, and this is not counting wrong, Paul. Who do you think of these all these people um, for the Republican side is farthest from libertarian principles and who do you think is the closest well i'll tell you i've been researching every one of these candidates all week and it seems like in order to get the nod to be on fox you're going to have to uh, compromise on a couple of big ways for the libertarians so i think I am right now looking at who I think is kind of going to do the least harm. I don't think anybody really qualifies 
as a, a real libertarian, and as I go through the list, I'll I'll kind of answer your question little by little. But to me, the libertarian position is fiscal conservatism, which you can say small government or low taxes, and they all kind of play pay lip service to that. I would also say defense of liberties of the Bill of Rights, and they pay lip service to the Constitution, but they really want to legislate morality. They are happy to uh, uh, give up the Fourth Amendment for the surveillance state. And then finally, I would say every single one of the people who's invited to this debate has basically the same foreign policy, which to me is not a defensive foreign policy. It's kind of like an aggressive one. But I can't give away my answers, Kim. But do you have do you want to tell me your your picks of high and low? Oh, God, I don't know. I'm I I like, you know, I like Donald Trump. And I know that sounds weird. What do you like about him? Well, he's, for one thing, he's not having to hack off little pieces of himself and hand it out for campaign contributions, so he isn't going to owe anybody when he, if he got into office, one thing. Um, and also, I think one of the things is, I think the mainstream, you know, the old-line Republicans, I think they're very afraid of him, and that's why they're criticizing him so much, because think about it. I mean, John Boehner... Mitch McConnell will still not, well, they will probably not hold their positions if, he, if a guy like Donald Trump got elected. And, and so, you know, there are a lot of people, I think, in Washington who are currently in power now who are made a committee chairman, chair people, and, and people like that who they ain't going to have a job. They're just going to be regular, you know, one of the mill senator or congressman. Yeah, that's funny that you should say that about Trump, because I thought that, too. Like, he's the opposite of LBJ. Like, LBJ was a bad person and a bad president. I don't know. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. But people would say as a a bonus for him, like, what was great about him was that he had been a senator for so long, and he really knew how to get things done. And in my mind gridlock is like the sweetest thing I can hear coming out of D.C. If he could get in there and not play the game, not even get anything done, maybe some stuff would expire and not get replaced by something worse, like the USA Patriot Act or the USA Freedom Act. So I can definitely see the benefit of that. You're, you also said like he doesn't have to sell his soul for campaign contributions. And that was actually an argument for monarchy in the day. Like if you had really rich people running everything, they couldn't be bought. So it's just funny how... Uh, something that seems so awful is ha, does have its benefits. But I'm going to count down my top five coming up. And uh, I want to hear from you, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And because this is the launching off of the debate season, this week is the first GOP debate. There's a pre-debate or B-list debate at 5 o'clock on Thursday, but then at 9 p.m. Eastern is the the A-list. It's still 10 people strong, and I think the least of them has like 1% of the polling, but they are going to get in there and debate, and I'm counting down my list from least to best, 10 to 1. I just did the first five. Um, We can talk about it at length after I'm finished rattling off my list. You can always listen to my podcast on monicaperezshow.com if you want, if you missed the first half hour. But my least favorite was Ted Cruz, then Jeb Bush, 
Chris Christie, Mike Huckabee, and Marco Rubio. And I know I'm going to have to defend all of those because every one of them has a fan uh, out there. And my number five, so now this is my list of uh, my top five counting down. So this is probably more likely to vote for. My number five is Scott Walker. I was all ready to love him. Uh, I liked that he stood up to the public unions in Wisconsin and he stood firm and he won the recall election and he just obviously is a fighter. He's a career politician, which I wouldn't really necessarily hold that against him. I think there's some value in having the experience. He is very aggressive on the foreign policy thing. I think he's... It's kind of a knee-jerk, uh, you know, an homage to the Republican establishment as a governor without foreign policy uh, credentials. They always say that's the tough part of the governors, that he really wants to come out swinging in that. I think that you have to be a little more sophisticated in your foreign policy analysis, even if, if he doesn't want to be aggressive. Um, I would like a little more sophistication in the argument. But that's uh, Scott Walker. My number four. So now these are people I kind of like. My number four is Ben Carson. He's the pediatric neurosurgeon who uh, called Obama out at the prayer breakfast over Obamacare. And while I probably won't agree with his policies, I do have uh, there. Most of the politicians really they just lie. They just say what they have to say. And I I have a soft spot in my heart for people who I don't think are liars. I think this guy seems like a very moral person. And while I don't want to uh, legislate morality like a lot of these candidates do, uh, I do feel like having somebody who uses his conscience as his guide and probably wouldn't do something totally immoral, like I always felt like Romney losing the election probably saved him from being a murderer because there's the Tuesday morning kill list where these people haven't had due process and the and the president can authorize that they're killed. And I think that that's a very serious moral problem that these guys have to grapple with. And I would like to think that somebody super moral was in the office. Uh, Number three, I just had Kim say she's a libertarian. She's asked me who I liked. She said Donald Trump. And I've got to say, I thought Donald Trump was going to be my number 10. I thought I was going to like him the absolute least. I grew up hearing about him. I'm from New York, and he was always in the news. He he supported Democrats, Republicans. He was a Democrat. He His argument was, hey, man, I'm a businessman, and if I give the, to these guys campaigns, they pick up the phone when I call. I mean, it's just the, the worst thing about uh, the cronyism, the government. But... And he makes ridiculous statements. He contradicts himself. I think he overblows his credentials, even his net worth. Uh, but I feel like he 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 says what he wants to say. I don't feel like there's some uh, deep behind-the-scenes machinations going on there. And I feel like uh, even in, with his foreign policy stuff, he sounds really bombastic with the foreign policy stuff. Just wipe out the oil fields, he said, and, and uh, sell, them, you know, sell the shambles to Exxon and then give them some security and let him rebuild it. It's just like a very aggressive, off-the-cuff thing to say, but, but it doesn't seem to me like he's behind-the-scenes cutting deals. And maybe it's what Kim said, that he doesn't need to because he has... Uh, he has uh, the money that he needs and the fame and and he just doesn't have he's doing it because he just feels compelled to do it. So he got some extra points from me on that. 
My number two, I was very surprised that I liked this guy because I really didn't even know how to pronounce his name, but it's the governor of Ohio, John Kasich. And what I like about him, uh, he it has this like kind of Reagan-esque pragmatism about the economy that nobody else is even really talking about the economy. And he was in Ohio uh, and he cut taxes while balancing the budget and creating jobs. I think he created like 350,000 jobs. And I am an extreme libertarian. Like the most I want the government to do is an army and the courts and the police at the local level. I mean, if at all. But since we pay, our governments in this country all combined spend like 40% of all the production in this country. If you're going to, if they're going to take half of it anyway, I would rather have somebody who balanced the budget and cut the taxes and increased jobs at the same time and knew how to get that done. So I liked that he, he did toe the line on foreign policy, but at least... He had the sophisticated answer I was looking for uh, that I didn't get from Scott Walker, which was our the reason we're interested in Syria, the reason we're interested in Iran is geopolitical. It has to do with Russia, China, and all that kind of stuff. So he has some experience at the national level. And I feel like he at least, I mean, that's the reality of it. The people who are like Marco Rubio's foreign policy was just like his logos. Iran is dangerous and dangerous was in huge red letters. And I thought that's obviously just a scare tactic let's actually talk about what the uh nuances of that is before we talk about sending our soldiers over there so i liked that and um let me go to a call before i go to my top pick let me go to jeff and coming hi jeff you're on with monica hi monica how are you good how are you doing I'm doing great. I think you are uh, close. <laughs> okay. I like your picks. But let's go ahead and just put Trump at the top of the list. I know you're not getting your number one out there, and I like your governor from Ohio. Yeah, I couldn't I believe those, it. I think those two. The only, the only difference in, you know, you, you heard the uh, you know, somebody asked Trump, well, hey, why don't you get Oprah to be your running mate? Um, no, not going to happen. But if she were to be his running mate, that would be a rubber stamp. They're in the office. She's the first female president of the United States uh, after, his, after his term. But, yeah, interesting. But, I mean, yeah, that, but, anybody who got Oprah would win. Yeah. Right? But, so but I like mm-hmm. Trump, and I like the governor of Ohio. And here's the thing about Trump that, that I like. I think he's, uh, he's like, he's a loose cannon, <laughs> yes. obviously. Yes. And, uh, you know, who knows what his net worth really is. I know. Uh, but but it's refreshing to know that it's you know he's not coming from the generations of bullcrap of being in office and just being a career politician. And so when he can just go and say what he you know wants to say, say whatever's on his mind, he probably should stop and think about what's about to come out on occasion. Uh, and, you know, maybe rephrase some things a little bit better than he does. But it's refreshing to have a guy in there that's just not concerned about what all of the cronies in office that have been there forever are going to think. And here's the thing, that that is actually a great strength of his. And it brings to mind that he is has a re- reality TV show. He Like the way Reagan was this charming 1940s style actor, and that really you didn't even know what hit you. 
Yep. Trump, this is the modern way to penetrate the over, you know, overstimulated mind of the people. He and he has he has had a lot of years where he's actually gotten the feedback. Hey, I can say this crazy stuff and my ratings go up. So that's real experience. That's real power. I don't think they know what to do with that. Yeah, from a from also from a business perspective, you know, I'm a businessman. He's got a you know international business experience uh, that would I think lend itself to being able to uh, you know deal with international trade and everything that's going on in the world from that. But Jeff, I got to stop you there for just one second. He had four corporate bankruptcies. When I was growing up, I always thought of him as the worst businessman in New York. Right? I mean, some isn't that a little much? I think that most of them are related some, to that. Yeah, it is. But some of the most successful business people yes, in our history true. have gone through bankruptcies. That is true. And they persevered, and they've known how to deal with it and not let it knock them down and keep them down. Well, I also wonder when, like, it's unclear how much he's worth. If you've ever seen these infomercials for guys who make, who sell investment tapes or investment newsletters, it's like $1,000 to get their system, and they got so rich with their system, and... And if you peel the onion, you realize that they got rich selling their system, not using their system. So I always wonder if he's, he seems to care so much about his media empire as like a personal brand that maybe that, that he's not really worth as much from his business success as from his personality success. But he does seem to be able to negotiate the deal. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's another thing. Okay. We put all these guys, we, you know, the Republicans got elected into office. They've had control. Okay? Yep. They've had a majority ruling control, and they have not accomplished jack. Really. They haven't been able to get anything accomplished because they've just been so scattered. They, well, they accomplished you know, getting Obama fast-track authority on the scariest trade deals I've ever thought of in my life. Like, I think it's the tipping point to world government and Boehner twisted arms to give Obama carte blanche on that. But go ahead. So, you know, that being said, that's another reason why I think that, uh, hey, you got to give a guy like Trump a little bit of validity because, hey, if you want something to change, you can't keep doing the same thing, right? That's, uh, you know, we're, we're really not insane, but we act like it when it comes to politics because we keep doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting things to be different. Oh, Trump's definitely different. Yeah, that is true. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for the comments. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to go to Eric in Atlanta. Eric, you're on with Monica. Yes. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? All right. I'm 64, never voted. Holy cow. Okay, yeah, I never had a word. I couldn't say a word. My wife said, hey, you don't vote, you ain't got a word. But when you live in a state that's always going to deliver one party, you know, maybe you don't have to. But okay, so. My reason for voting is to keep Hillary out. Why is she the worst? So, so she's the worst candidate you've ever seen, oh, obviously, my, right? Oh, my God, what? ma'am. Benghazi, come on. Cover-ups, lies. You know, everything's going on with her and Bill. I know, but why didn't you vote against Bill? Bill was, he really, I mean, talk about burying bodies. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know all this. Yes. I got into heavy politics, which I had to control. That and, brings up something interesting, Eric, in that... Uh, we didn't know that stuff about Bill. And look at how the media is treating Hillary. That's why I said from the beginning, I think it's going to be Jeb, and I think he's going to beat her. I think that the Democrats and the media are going to abandon Hillary. I think that things are always, 
sewn up at the top anyway. But I think that the reason you're seeing all this bad stuff is because the media doesn't have her back the way they had Clinton's back. Oh, no. And I am so excited. I hope they drop her. I hope she gets locked up. That's how much I hate her. So you're going to vote in the primary? It's uh, for vote, Yes. Who are you going to vote for in the primary? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to vote all Republican. And I will tell you the truth. Most of them are full of garbage. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of them uh, bickering and, you know, squabbling about the average person. And we're... we're, we're um, we're taking a beating here because all these stupid politicians. Yeah. I'm tired of politicians. I'm glad Donald Trump is in and John Kasich. And uh, I hope Donald wins and I hope he, oh God, I just can't wait. Well, I I, that's the only thing. That, that's the only thing with uh, with Trump. is it, I think it's very unlikely that Trump could win the general election. Now, Ron Paul, I thought, could have won the general election, which is why the Republicans had to stamp him down at the primary level. But I don't think Donald Trump, Trump could win over the moderate voter. So I feel like if you're really just voting to keep Hillary out, you probably don't want to vote for Trump. But I'm going to give you my number one pick coming up. More of your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 87 degrees outside the studio right now with a high of 92 today. Weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And I am counting down for you my, I'm ranking the 10, I would say, front runners in the GOP presidential primary they're doing a debate on thursday night and i'm just counting down my 10 to one worst to best uh i'm gonna do my number one choice we're down to my number one choice i'll rattle i'll rattle off that list real quick and give you my number one choice uh coming up right after i talk to robert in kennesaw (laughs) hey robert you're on with monica Oh, you conniving devil. You I'm sorry. I didn't mean I was my studio is conspiring to tease tease everybody. Um, yeah. But I really wanted to hear what you had to say before I launched into my robust discussion of my number one your, choice. Your robust tease of the number one <laughs> leftover person. Come on. What my you got? Challenge is following, uh, except for the fact that he personally is more honest uh, than Hillary. What in the bloody daylights do you think Jeb Bush is any is going to do anything to oppose the Washington establishment of Boehner and Conyer and the the people that are getting us in trouble now by deliberately letting the Democrats run everything? Uh, I, I have seen absolutely nothing that indicates to me that Jeb Bush, Christie... uh, But those were my last choices. I was counting down from the people I liked the least to the people I liked the most. So people are surprised. I didn't like... Ted Cruz is my 10th, but Jeb Bush was my 9, and Christie was my 8. So I'm with you. Okay, but it seems like your opinions are colored more by... An anti-conservative 
conservative. Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm a hardcore libertarian, and that's real conservative. From it's a traditional conservative position. I'm going to explain that right after the break. Uh, 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez.